Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hey, hey, thanks again for pressing play. And welcome once again to another edition of the Suns Jam Session Podcast. That's right, Suns, John and Matthew, J-A-M, Jam, see what we did there? How many of you have been listening all this time and you didn't realize that Jam stood for John and Matthew? Well, there's a little knowledge drop for you right off the top of the podcast. And that's what this podcast is going to be. It's a series preview of the Western Conference semifinals between the Phoenix Suns and the Denver Nuggets. And hopefully we bring to you a little bit of insight onto who that Nuggets team is. Because if, obviously, if you're a fan of this podcast, you know who the Suns are. You know our strengths, our ne- our weaknesses, our expectations, our wants, our needs. But you might not know pl- a whole lot about Denver because let's faith. Let's just be real, Matthew. Who here watches Denver? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, who watched them in the playoffs? God, no. I went to a ballet recital over that thing. I could not watch that series. My bad. It's just the Denver Nuggets are kind of like the Utah Jazz. And, and they've mirrored each other over the past yes. three or four seasons where they have good teams. And this is obviously a good team. They're the number one seed in the Western Conference, and nobody talks about them. Nobody watches them. They're not sexy. And that's obviously what scares me about this team. It reminds me of those San Antonio Spurs from once upon a time, an unsexy team that no one really talked about, but they just kept winning, doing so with fundament- fundamentals and some guys who could just tear your heart out. So for those of you who don't know much about the Denver Nuggets, well, we're going to break some things down here. Uh, and, and, and white devil in the white devil, black metal says Denver doesn't even watch Denver in the chat. So <laughs> appreciate, appreciate you guys watching along line live. So that's what we're going to do is we're going to have some knowledge drops here for you. We're going to break down some, some numbers, talk about the season series between Crunch these them. two teams. We're going to be crunching the numbers. We're going to have our calculators out like it's tax season. You know, it's like, did I not carry the one where this doesn't make sense? How's Denver the number one seed? And they, Fucking suck at rebounding. <laughs> like, there's a bunch of different reasons why this team was successful as it was. So we're going to talk about those. We're going to start to dissect some of the matchups in this series. And ultimately, at the very end, we're going to talk about who we believe will win this series and in how many games. So plenty to talk about on this edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast. Again, thank you for watching and or listening. If you're watching, thumbs up. If you're listening, five-star review or don't. I mean, it's a series preview. We're going to get like 20 people to watch this and like 10 people will listen to this. And if you're one of those lucky people, hey, you lucky son of a bitch, you learned that J.A.M. is John and Matthew, and that's the Suns Jam Session podcast. So you've already won. Before we've gotten to anything, you've already won, guys. Or girls. The 1% of girls who watch, who listen to this. <laughs> the 1%. Yeah, we do know it's only 1%. <laughs> and it is my sister, your wife. Not even. She doesn't listen. It's your mom. It's my mother. Oh, my <laughs> Hi, mom. I love you. Enjoy the, hey. enjoy the series preview. Hello. So... Hey, watch the tone with my mom. You leave her alone now. Oh, so sorry, dude. before Someone we get into that, I just I got I got it. Oh, is, is your wife touching your leg again? Stop. Leave yep. him alone. Leave leave him. She's alone. under the desk. Leave him alone. <laughs> He's trying to record a podcast. Uh, so so what do you think of the the Cowboys draft? Yeah, I didn't watch. 
Yeah, okay. I don't watch the draft anymore. I'm sorry. I know you got friends hanging out with at the bar, but you had a good time, right? And often you told me they got surprising yes. picks. Well, it's funny. So I go and I watch the draft with a bunch of my buddies, and a few of them are Bears fans. I got like two guy, two Bears fan, a Niners fan, and a Lions fan, right? And we're all sitting there, we're talking, and the first two guys to come off the draft board that were linemen were a Cardinal and a Bear. And we're like, high five offensive lineman baby you know it's just like it's so lame we look forward to it every year and it's like but i'm no, so it's happy cool. i always like how bill burr says about it. he's all like why do you, you go sit there and you watch it he has a whole rant on it of course you know how yeah. he is he's like oh, just yeah. wake up the next day and just yeah, see who got next day, it's right there it's like and then the, well, what was it was it a live one? pick was it live what do you mean was it like live somewhere like they they did it in nashville last year right Where yeah they the did street, in Can- kansas city Oh, so Patrick, Patrick Mahomes or... brings the fucking trophy. Yeah, they got like a little amphitheater thing they have built. It's annoying. Okay. Yeah, it was. I'd rather miss it. Just like you said, just like look at the newspaper the next day and be like, oh, no, it's it's the 17th fun. pick. It's a reason you know? to get out and drink. That's why they do it. It's entertaining to it's, get you guys go out and get drunk, drive home, and just see what happens. <laughs> That's the reason, reason. Reason to hang out with friends, just like yes. the Suns Jam Session podcast. So I'm hoping that you guys are watching this. Please. And you're hanging out with friends while you're doing so. You're like, hey, come over here. Hey, come here. Come here check if you don't out. have friends, make them yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah. Here, here's my other AirPod. You can listen to this too. We can listen to this together. So let's yeah. talk about this like series Jimmy preview. Camp. Let's pop him if we got him. Okay. Follow me at Darth Voida. Follow him at Matthew Lissy. Follow the show at Suns Jam. Pop him if you got him. And uh, let's talk this series preview, man. Western Conference semifinals. <laughs> Here we go. It's it's a repeat of two years ago. The Phoenix Suns in route to the NBA Finals in the second round, the Western Conference semifinals played against the Denver <laughs> Nuggets. You okay there, bro? <laughs> Fucking, there he goes. Thanks for muting like a professional. Wow, I don't know what the heck that was. Did did she grab something other oh, than it leg? Won't even, yeah, yeah, yeah. It won't even let me click on it. Oh, my computer like, does that thing where it glitches and I can't click on stuff. Mm, and like, I'm trying to click it. And it didn't work, so you heard it went me from cough. a cough to a laugh to a cough laugh. That was yeah, impressive. I didn't know what to do there. <laughs> so, so, way so this, to start. The, these two teams two years ago, obviously, played in the Western Conference semifinals. It was a series that obviously spawned a lot of, in my personal opinion, bad fandom on behalf of the Phoenix Suns. If you recall, it was a series in which the Phoenix Suns swept the the Nuggets. They beat them, uh, obviously, four consecutive games. And at that time in that series, it was it was a lot different because the Suns were the they had the home court, right? The Suns were the number two seed. The Denver Nuggets were the number three seed. Obviously, this season, they're the number one seed. We're the number four seed. They have home court advantage in this. But in that series, the Suns beat the Nuggets 122 to 105 in game one, 123 to 98 in game two. 116 to 102 in game three and 125 to 118 in game four. Not, not a close game in the bunch. So not only did they sweep them, they beat the shit out of them in more ways than one in the, in the games in Denver. There was obviously the Suns and four fan who got in a fight with the Denver fan flashed the four at him. And that spawned a whole lot of just, just Phoenix Suns fan douchebaggery that to this day, I'm embarrassed about. 
Aren't you? You're, <laughs> you're embarrassed because we lost, right? It was more embarrassing because we lost. No, no. Really? Even at the time, I thought it was fun. I mean, no. people get in fights. I mean, did you I see like, the, the Kings stupid. and Warriors fans getting in? Like, they've been fighting each other, too. Like, I think what it is is our fans aren't used to getting out, drinking that late into the summer, where we're just hanging out <laughs> with other with other people wearing different colors. So we don't know what to do. So we punch them in the face. It's the same thing with the Kings fans. They're doing the same thing with the Warriors because they've never been in the situation. So they're just fighting each other. I think we got that out of our system. Uh, the only thing that was embarrassing was like the money count in the finals. Yeah, that, that was, was it. There was some weird characters out there in the finals. Yes. And we kind of felt like things were kind of going the other way. Um, but I thought it was okay. And it was fun because we were winning. That's all <laughs> That's all that mattered. That's the, only, that's the only reason I actually kind of enjoyed it. I don't want anybody to get beat up. But if those people started it, then punch them in the face. Then you finish it. Yeah, and, 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 and again, like I get that side of it, and that happens. You know, Zanzor was about, you know, I mean, yeah, there was a lot of characters, and it was fun, but there were aspects of it I didn't like. And I I really thought fans of the Phoenix Suns, it kind of felt like new money. It kind of felt like yeah, a, a team that had been to or hadn't been to the what? You just burp? I did. I burp talk. <laughs> yeah, I just all right I tried, I tried to play it off i did i was hoping you oh, we got but... a cough and a burp what burp <laughs> we got a burp we have a burp what's next it's a sun um but you could tell it was a team that had not been to the playoffs in the twitter era in the social media era the last time the phoenix suns were relevant were in 2010 twitter was in its infancy as was facebook as was the majority of social media i mean i remember back in the Nash area my MySpace page looked pretty dope as I had the different buttons you know and I change them for every series like I was all into it I feel like now here we are two years later playing the Denver Nuggets and not only is this team and franchise more mature I'm hoping that the Suns fans are more mature and I said this before the postseason began I'll continue to say just be humble Suns fans there's no need to go out there and just talk mad shit over stupid things be you know don't bring yourself to the level of the opposition because when you talk about the Denver Nuggets this is a team and this is a franchise and a fan base that has a lot of disdain for Phoenix we embarrassed the Nuggets two years ago as I just mentioned as I went through those scores this was a series that wasn't even close I mean in that final game Chris Paul led all scores with 37 points I mean this was a a different type of ass kicking that they got now, obviously, Jamal Murray didn't play in that game. And, and in that season, if you recall, the Denver Nuggets were the one seed. They fell down to the three as Jamal Murray uh, was injured, and they didn't have it. And that was, that's was that been their battle cry for two years. So understand that as we go through these matchups and we talk about this series, no matter what happens, you are going to have, one, games in which the Suns will lose. They're not going Suns in four in this series. I just don't see it happening. It's against the number one seed. It's against a, against a fundamentally sound team. It's going to happen. And two, when those when those games happen, Jamal Murray is going to have something to do with it. And if any way, shape, or form, he has a solid performance, you're going to hear it from the Nuggets fans. You're going to be like, well, you know, two years ago, if we had him, this is what would have happened. And just smile, nod, carry on, and do what I always do. Bookmark him on Twitter, and after we beat him, then you go back and you be <laughs> Is that what you do? That's how you get back at him? You actually bookmark him? That's your fucking that, Oh, that is – I. any other jamsters after that do that? I'm sure everyone does that. I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah, I let people <laughs> – I've got I've got all kinds bookmark of bookmarks from, like, Mavs fans. Like, how many championships oh, do you have? So if we ever win yeah. a championship, I'm going to go be like, one. <laughs> you know <laughs> what? One Sun, Suns fans, be douchebags. Suns fans, be quiet, be humble, be yourselves in these situations. 
if you can't handle the alcohol, drink more and just make it a big mess because we're all going to be done with this pretty soon. It'll all be over. Either Suns or the or the Nuggets are going to win the series, and then we can move on and keep talking shit because that's what fans do. We all talk shit. We all talk shit. We all punch each other in the face. I'm down with it. As long as you're not beating up little kids or women, it's all right. Don't listen to that, actually. Is that Jesus. a bad thing to say? Is no, it okay? I, mean, I, I it, it's actually true, but like I don't know if it needs to be said. It's I, it's common sense. Well, I just uh, Booker sent that guy to his house too. Sons of Force. I, I assume it's okay. I look up to Booker, a guy that's ten years younger than me. I look up to that guy. <laughs> that guy had an action figure. Like what the fuck happened? <laughs> he did. He he blew up. He did. Um, it was ridiculous. It's it's all about revenge, man. I mean, this whole series is revenge. The Nuggets have been waiting for this opportunity to take out the Suns. It's a different looking team in the Suns, but they know that we went out to get the superstar. And they don't have that other superstar. They have Jokic and they have good role players. They have Jamal Murray. But is he going to be an actual superstar in the series? I think at times he can be. Is he going to be as consistent as Kevin Durant and Booker? Who knows? I don't I don't think he can be that guy, but at times he can explode. The only thing is this Nuggets team, whatever happened during the season, great season for them. I'm sure they don't give a shit. I'm sure mm-hmm. they played. They played hard. They were healthy. Now they are healthy in the playoffs. That's all that matters. And they just know that this means so much. They're going into this series probably just relaxed, like, yeah, this is going to be, you know, it's a, it's going to be a, whatever happens, happens kind of a mentality, right? They're not going to mm-hmm. come out and be like, oh, we need that. They're going to act cool. But deep down inside, I feel like they need this. And this series might start off just to prepare you guys. I kind of want to relate it to like the Kings and Warriors in a way where it might be down. We might be down 0-2. We might be down 0-2. It's like, what the fuck are we going to do? Well, maybe we have some experience. Um, the Nuggets don't really have the experience. They haven't got past us. They've been There's been a lot of failures, a lot more on their shoulders to win this year than the Suns. So that can get in the way. But if we yes. go down 0-2, it's not over. This is going to be a seven-game series I'm predicting. Okay, for sure. okay. I, I'll say this. I... I agree when you start to talk about pressure because there is a lot of pressure in the series on both franchises for the Phoenix Suns, obviously with Devin Booker and and primarily Chris Paul. This is the end of the rodeo for Chris Paul, my personal opinion, even if he comes back next year, it's going to be in a greatly, greatly diminished role. We're already starting to see it. He has his ups. He has its downs, but he lacks the consistency. He lacks, lacks the explosiveness. And he lacks the physicality that he once had. Hell, it seems like he lacks the motivation sometimes. He's like, oh, I could do the rip through, but then like, oh, then, like then I got to <laughs> like weird. do the rip through and it hurts. So <laughs> yeah, I don't want to so, lose my arms. You know, for for Devin Booker, he doesn't have his the pressure necessarily. He embraces what's going on. He lives for this shit. But you have Chris Paul. You have Monty Williams. You have Kevin Durant, who's 34. For some of these guys, they're at the back end of their career. They're not all in their prime like Devin Booker is. Now, that being said, I feel like it's a different kind of pressure than before, and I don't feel like it necessarily is the same. Like, last year was pressure for the Suns. Last year, entering as the number one seed, much akin to the Denver Nuggets, there was a ton of pressure on the Phoenix Suns. Uh, they didn't respond well in the the first series to the Pelicans. They won in six, went to seven games against the Mavericks, a team that they should have i mean we were predicting five four five in that one yeah yeah i mean is that why we're kind of scared to do it now well what happened last year potentially potentially yeah because you're afraid to have to try to exceed the expectations but i feel like in this series the expectations aren't necessarily there on the suns the same way they are for the denver nuggets to to your point the denver nuggets you have nikola Jokic, two-time mvp 
Okay. Has he made a Western Conference Finals? I think no. once. No, he hasn't. He hasn't got past the no. second round. Well, what happened last year? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll look real quick. No, I mean, he didn't make the Western Conference yeah, Finals no. last year because it was uh, the the Mavericks and the Warriors. But looking at the franchise index, going back, I mean, he joined the team in what, like 15, 16? They've lost in the Western Conference Semifinals. They lost in the Western Conference Finals in 2020 to the Lakers. That's the bubble season. Western oh, Conference Semis. Uh, the pre the, uh, to the Suns and then Western Conference first round, Western Conference first round this year is as far as they've gone. So with Jokic, they have gone to a Western Conference uh, finals before, but that was one in the bubble and two, they lost in five games to the Lakers in as the Lakers were in route to the the bubble championship. So when you have a play, it, it, it go, it's the same kind of pressure the fun, the Suns once felt when Steve Nash was a member of this team, right? He won back to back MVPs. And the team just couldn't. Now they made a couple Western Conference Finals along the way, but they couldn't get over the hump. Now, granted, they put a good team around Jokic, and we'll we'll discuss the rosters and the bench and the statistics and all that stuff here momentarily. But do you feel that if you were to say which franchise, which team has more pressure to win entering this series, is it the Nuggets or is it the Suns? I think it's the Nuggets. Um, just. It's weird to say because obviously uh, this series is going to be must watch, but I don't know how much attention it's really going to get. We'll tell by the numbers after our podcast just to see who's actually watching this series because that's usually how we can tell. Mm-hmm. Um, if the Nuggets fans are watching, then we're coming and talk trash, then we'll know for sure it's it's going to be a heavy, heated battle between these two teams. But I think the the Nuggets do, but it's weird to me because I don't feel like it's a must win for Jokic. I know there's a lot out, lot out there where he has to win. But it's just like Embiid kind of – he was so close to winning, and he never he got further than Jokic, even though Jokic didn't make it in the bubble. Thanks for pointing that out, Gemsters, in the Western Conference Finals. But Embiid was there. He's had his chances, and I feel like he kind of gets a pass now too because he plays hard, but he's never really had that guy. Last of the two seasons ago or three seasons ago when he lost to the, to the Raptors, that was heartbreaking. Like that should have been a series that they could have won and went to the finals. But the only reason I'm relating that to Jokic is because – I just don't think Jokic has really that other guy. You know, Embiid finally has Harden, right? He had Ben Simmons, and they had Jimmy Butler, but it never really worked. Right Mm -hmm. now, Jokic has a good team. Murray just has to be that other guy. He has to come out and play like almost Booker ball, right? Not the same player, but just put up those games where like, holy shit, in order for this to work. If they were to lose a series in five or six, which I don't think they will, I I'm I'm thinking they have to go get someone else and then you can go off of that like Jokic all right we have the other guy for you now figure it out well it's like well it's kind of like Jokic and Doncic are they kind of the same just moving the ball around doing a lot of same stuff out there yeah and then Doncic goes and he gets Kyrie that didn't work but Jokic is gonna have to have the opportunity to play with someone that's better than I think a Jamal Murray to have an opportunity to win because I feel like Devin Booker has a guy in KD who in the second series should come out and play a little bit better mm-hmm. and be that guy. I mean, he had the 31 points almost every night, but you know what I mean? Just like the <laughs> yeah. fuck you games. But like, I think Jokic needs that. And if he loses this, it's going to look bad. But to me, it doesn't. I think national national TV, all that. Yeah, they're going to give him shit. But I think this guy just needs a little bit more help. But it's a good, it's a good roster. A little overrated. Yeah, from a pressure standpoint, I think on the franchise there is, that, and there's a lot of pressure on the front office of the Denver Nuggets, obviously, because they're trying to put something around Jokic that's going to equate to a championship. You have a 
a, a two-time MVP, somebody who obviously is the core of your franchise and you want to try to put all the pieces together. And again, as a franchise, if they don't win, they have to, they have some questions they need to answer. There's no pressure on Jokic. Jokic has got plenty of basketball left in him and it's a, and he'll continue to be a great connector and somebody who will thrive in the NBA for many years to come due to the way that he plays. So, you know, pressure wise, I feel like it, it's on the Denver Nuggets because they are the one seed, you know, now as we start to look at this series and we start to break at, break down some of the numbers, you know, the first thing I'll do is I'll just bring up the, the different regular season records and some of the metrics. Uh, again, the number one seed, the Denver Nuggets were 53 and 29 this season, whereas the Suns were 45 and 37. So the Suns were what eight games back of them. When you look at points per game, the Nuggets were 115.8 and the Suns were 113.6. So edge to the Nuggets. Opposing points per game, 112.5 for the Nuggets. So that was eighth best in the NBA, whereas the Suns had the sixth best at 111.6. Offensive rating, the Nuggets were 117.6 and a defensive rating of 114.2. So they have the fifth best offensive rating in the league, whereas the Suns, 115.1 was 14th and 113 was seventh in the defensive rating. When you look at rebounding, they're 19th in the NBA. That is, and by they, I mean the Denver Nuggets. The Suns were 11th. And in overall assists, this is the second best assisting team in the, the Denver Nuggets, whereas the Suns are fourth best. Three-point shooting, this is interesting, okay? The Nuggets shot 37.9% from beyond the arc this season. That was fourth best in the NBA. The Suns were seventh best, and they were only five-tenths of a point off. They were 37.4. So, you look at those metrics and you're like, okay, they're somewhat similar. Now, obviously both of these teams have played five games in the playoffs. You look at how they performed in the playoffs. The Suns are second highest in scoring in the NBA. And what's really interesting is when you, well, I'll get to that in a second, but second best points per game, uh, 10th and, and the Nuggets are ninth out of 16 teams, it, but their defense has been better. They are fifth best in opposing points per game, whereas the Suns are 10th offensive rating. Again, Denver's at fifth. The Suns are at 14th defensive rating. The Nuggets are at 15th. The Suns are at seven. So, you know, per, even in the playoffs, they have a better offense. We kind of have a better defense. They're seventh best in rounding in rebounding. We're 11th best. They're sixth best in assists. We're fourth best. And then if you look at three point shooting, they're fifth best at 39.3% thus far in the playoffs. The Suns are at 40.7 in three point shooting. Now, what's interesting about the Suns is when you talk about three point shooting, it hasn't necessarily been there their forte because 27.3% of their shots were from, were from the three point range. That's the lowest rate in the playoffs by a wide margin and the lowest rate for any team in a series in the last four postseasons. And, and the Suns were at 36.2% of their shots, which uh, were taken from beyond the arc, which was 20th. So they're hitting their threes at a high rate, but they're taking very little of them. So it's going to be interesting because the Denver Nuggets are a team that they 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 like to shoot the three ball. They have plenty of guys who shoot the three ball. And when you take a look at just the, the statistics, what does that have you thinking? How, how do you analyze those statistics? How does that translate to these two teams in this series? Well, the points per game, uh, first of all, great looking uh, graphics. Love them. Thank you. If you're you. not watching the pod, come look at the pod. Look at the graphics. John May looks really good. Badass um, graphics. <laughs> I got some badass graphics, guys. Come check out my badass that graphics. Nice. Wait, what are we doing? <laughs> um, okay, so points per game. 
they were down less than what the Suns were making, but that's because of the pace. And I think, I mean, if you're talking about the pace with the Nuggets, it is down uh, a little bit. I don't know if it's they slower than what the Suns. The, they, they also play the Timberwolves, by the way. Just True. Yeah, yeah. But even during the red, this is like one thing where I feel like with the Suns and the Nuggets, when they go head to head, it'll be like a, a slow battle, right? There's not mm-hmm. going to be a lot of tempo, really. I mean, Jokic with the long distance passes to the fast breaks might be something different, but I think the pace will be nice for the Suns. Um, I just, the whole regular season, obviously where I said like the Nuggets didn't give a shit, like they, they got through it. They were healthy. They had a great season. That's why they were number one in the, in the West stats. And you know what I mean? I just, I don't care because it comes down to me. If you're asking about anything that jumps out, I don't think it does because I think this, this whole postseason, including the sun's rotation, the sun's themselves this year, going into the playoffs, it's just all up in the air. So I, I like looking into the stats where they compare and stuff, but it's just it's such a weird playoffs to where any series you go into, you're not going to know what to expect, right? Kind of in a way. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So yeah. I'm interested to see like what you think too, because comparing those two and then going into the, the series, is it going to make any sense? Is it still going to actually look the same after all said and done? Because I feel like it'd just be a different kind of game maybe. Well, what, what I, the statistics tell me are a couple things. One, the Denver Nuggets are an efficient offense. And the thing that scared me after the Clippers series is the lack of defense from the Suns. And if any player on their yeah. team is going to be successful due to that lack of defense, it's going to be the Jamal Murray type because that's what we had. It was a bunch of guys. It was Norman Powell driving. It was Kawhi Leonard driving. It was Russell Westbrook driving. Those guys yeah. who attack the cylinder. You're going to you're not going to get that from Jokic. Jokic isn't going to be pounding uh, the paint in in a an aggressive manner, driving downhill. He'll get his pin downs and he'll get his position on the block, and that's where he's going to execute from. But when you have Jamal Murray, when you have MPJ to a certain extent, guys who like to try to attack the rim, that's where the Suns can be vulnerable. I feel, and when you have an efficient offense, obviously with Nikolai Jokic at the the core of that offense, it's going to be a pick your poison kind of thing. And if you try to collapse on Nikolai Jokic, he's going to hit open three point shooters and. As noted, this team can shoot the three ball, and they like to shoot the three ball. As we look at some of the statistics thus far through the the, the playoffs, you'll see that some of their guys are shooting fantastic from beyond the arc. And that's something that, again, worries me for the Suns, because what killed us? Guys who were driving, equating to wide-open threes, and the Clippers were knocking them down because that's what they do. The yeah. You the know, rotations, the rotations are killing the Suns. They were they really killing was. the Suns. They're super slow on them. Um, and the Clippers got hot at times. I mean, they were they got back into the last game of the series, fit the fifth game where we thought it was over, but they got into it because of the threes. Mm-hmm. Um, that is going to be the only thing I'm just really worried about. I think you can talk about rebounding if you want, but the thing is, is like you have Craig and Okogi who kind of one of those have to be on the court at all times, right? And then you have on the other side, you have Gordon, who is going to be the sneaky dude to grab the boards, right? That to make sure that guy doesn't get in there. But then they yes. also have to guard Porter Jr. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be strange. I mean, if you look at like even like um, KD, and and if you look at KD and Aiden, and if they're versus Porter and Jokic rebounding wise in the playoffs so far, the Nuggets those two only have two more per game rebounds than the Suns players. Yes, so it doesn't seem that bad. But when it's getting down to like uh, second chance, <laughs> second second chance points, those are the ones that Craig and Akogi have to go in there and battle for themselves, and they have to put all their effort into it to help out Da. 
And again, that's going to be one of those interesting observations uh, through the series is how much and how often do the Nuggets crash the glass the way that the Clippers did? Because that's what the Clippers were doing consistently because for the majority of the time, they were undermanned. They were outsized. And the way to negate that is with hustle. And I think that, again, if the, the way that the lineups kind of uh, are built out and, and I'll go ahead and I'll do that right now. You know, if you bring up the starters uh, for the Denver Nuggets, they have Jamal Murray running point. They got Kadavius Paul Caldwell Pope playing the shooting guard. MPJ, Michael Porter Jr. is their small forward. Aaron Gordon is power forward. And Nikolai Jokic is the center. The Suns, obviously, we know it well. It's CP3, it's D-Book, it's Kevin Durant and DeAndre Ayton, your core four. And then the question mark becomes, do you go Torrey mm-hmm. Craig at uh, power forward and move Kevin Durant to small forward? Or do you bring Josh Okoge in at small forward and move Kevin Durant to power forward? So if you're simply looking at the matchups between the starting five, the first question I have for you, Matthew, is, mm-hmm. is which one would you prefer Monty Williams to do? Does, does he stick with the Torrey Craig philosophy or does he go with Josh Okoge? And the second question I have is if that's the case, whichever path you choose, I'll choose the opposing path, and then we'll try to figure out what some of those matchups would look like. Okay, yeah, and uh, my first question really off of that, we'll just keep asking questions until we get okay. nowhere. Booker, is he going to be guarding Murray? Or, uh, you know, there's a lot of talk, you know, put in a Kogi to make sure that he's on Murray from tip-off. I like that too, but the way Book's been playing defense, you just throw him on Caldwell Pope or you throw him on Murray, and then you can start Craig, who's going to go after MPJ. My thing is, I think it's just how hot MPJ is, how good he's looking this series. He's like kind of like their X factor, right? To hit the big shots. If you need that, then maybe I would just throw Craig in there. But I'm I'm going to Kogi. You know, I'm a Kogi guy. Mm-hmm. I want a Kogi to be in the game and on Murray. I really do. And I think if you have Booker just manning up against Caldwell Pope, that'll be great. You can have CP3 on Aaron Gordon. MPJ on Durant, CP3 you know, on Aaron Gordon. Yeah, just have him throw him, just throw him out there on him. What's Aaron Man. Gordon? All Aaron Gordon does is just cut to the basket and he does dunk those on back CP3. Downs. It's gonna be a lot of CP3 on him, and he's just gonna like just barrel into CP's little body. It's not gonna matter, dude. <laughs> I See, really what, think that's all you do. What what I would do? So obviously, I'll take the Tory Craig point of view in this one. Tory Craig, you put him at the four. And he's the one who's to take on Aaron Gordon. I'm okay with that. Obviously, Aiton on Jokic. And then what that does is that that allows you a little bit more flexibility with CP3, Booker, and and Kevin Durant. And you pretty much go, Booker, you're on Murray. Kevin Durant, you're on MPJ. And uh, CP3, you're taking Caldwell Pope. Because Caldwell Pope, what he wants to be and where he finds success is being that spot-up guy, that spot-up shooter. And then you just tell him, fucking stay on him because you're not going to be able to close out on him. Uh, I think that, you know, if you're looking at the Suns defense on their offense, I think that's the best way to do it. Uh, again, I think that, you know, personally, I'm with you. I think a Kogi should start because what that does is it gives you Booker and then a Kogi going back and forth on Murray to try to tire him out because he's the primary attacker. In fact, when I bring up the statistics relative to scoring in the first round, he's their highest scorer, Jamal Murray is. So if you have a Kogi and you have Booker, you can run that. Or if that first substitution happens and Tory Craig comes out and Josh Kogi comes in, now you're bringing in fresh legs right on him. And then you have Booker, you know, fade on to MPJ because MPJ as, as prolific as he can be at times, he is somebody who the Suns I feel can, as long as they keep a body on him, can control him offensively on the other side of the ball. When the Suns have the offense, 
we know this from two years ago. MPJ is the guy you attack. He's the guy who doesn't have the lateral quickness. He's a little bigger than I think he realizes that time on defense. And that's what the Suns did consistently last time we played them two years ago. Now, obviously, it's not two years ago. MPJ is a better player. He's a lot healthier than he was two years ago. But on defense, he's he's the guy who can essentially become the pigeon. And the thing that the Phoenix Suns really didn't do against the Clippers, and I think that they're going to do a lot against the the Nuggets due to the fact that Nikola Jokic, for all he is, he's not the greatest defender, is we are going to we are going to pick and roll that team to death and switches to death. You're going to see CP3 and Aiton. You're going to see D-Book and Aiton. You're going to see Kevin Durant and Aiton, all running pick and rolls in an effort to try to get Nikola Jokic onto CP3, Booker, or Kevin Durant. And again, whoever's guarding them, Aiton with that mismatch that he won't take advantage of. You're going to have the same thing with Chris Paul and Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant. Uh, uh, Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant. You know, there, there's going to be a lot of high pick and roll screening from the top of the key that's going to open up different aspects and wing players on the side. I really am confident with this team offensively with our first team unit. I really think that there's some mis- mismatches that we can take advantage of because this isn't the greatest of offense, or I'm sorry, of defensive teams in the Denver Nuggets. They there are somebody that you can pick apart. I have a feeling it's going to be a very high scoring series. I really do. Neither of these teams are lockdown defenders uh, or, or have lockdown defenders consistently. So there's going to be a lot of points and a lot of opportunity on both sides of the court to try to get to uh to, to get to the cylinder. Now again, going back to the Suns on defense. DeAndre Ayton, that's where his strength comes in. Because if they start running that high pick and roll with Jokic, which we know that they will, with especially with Murray and Jokic, DA can defend that. And that's going to be fun. Yeah, he can. But the only thing is, like, is he going to get pulled out too far to where he can't help with rebounding? That's one thing that's going to kind of scare me a little bit is if he gets pulled out, then can he... It's hard to ask. It's hard to even talk about because it's just like, well, it's easier said than done. It's one of those things where it's like, well, can you just get back? I mean, you're pulled out, but are you just going to turn around and stand there watching and help back on the on the boards? Because you're going to have to. And like you said, they like to shoot the three. So there's going to be a lot of long boards. So maybe because you're out there, it might help. But if he gets pulled out there, it's going to kind of help. And that's going to kind of suck. That's why I was talking about Craig and Akogi had to like really battle for the boards and then help yes. Kevin Durant if he's down there too. Yes. Because there's no one else to really help those guys. And the only thing that I feel like the when you're talking about just the Nuggets running the pick and roll, and then you have to have someone pulled out and might be Aiden, it's like who's going to help out? Who's going to be the other guy? And then that's when the rotations come in. When you're talking about KD and Chris Paul, can they make up any kind of any kind of uh, spacing that's going to be yeah. between them and the three point shooters? Because that's going to be a real thing. The offense is going to go so quick for the Nuggets, where it's just like visually, I can just see the series starting where it's going to be uh, Nuggets on a 12 to two run to start the game. Timeout, right? Yes. Or maybe Monty waits till twenty to two. And I then feel it's like a timeout. I feel like the the series hasn't started and we're already down down twelve to two. <laughs> it does seem that way, but to be honest, I'm not. I said seven games. This team just doesn't have the star power. They don't have the actual just experience there. I mean, if you want to talk about the consistency through the season, the experience together through the season, just having that, maybe that's something. But what the Suns have, they have guys that have been in this situation. And that's mm-hmm. why I compared it to the Kings and the Warriors. Yes, the Warriors are three two now. It's just being in the situation, man. That's all it really is. This Suns team's there. The Nuggets have not been there. They can't get over the hump yet. And if they can, then yeah, that's going to be a good defeat for them. But the Suns, that's why they got to take the series slow. 
And defense is going to be, be a big thing for the Suns because I feel like they are the better defending team right now. It's they just are. the rebounding thing. They are for sure. And if it gets to well, a place where the Suns are actually losing and they're going to be down by like 20 to 2 to start a game, chill out. It's fine. Let the Nuggets have their fun thinking that they're ahead, that they can actually win this series. The Suns just have in the back of their mind, like, we can get this done. They have the guys out there that have done it already. Well, including Aiden. well, and, and when you talk about rebounding, I think that is a valid point. And if, when that high pick and roll happens, what the Suns have to do is somehow, some way, have the ability to whoever's hanging out in the corners and guarding guys to only crash the glass and when the time's appropriate. Because that's where they find themselves getting their hands stuck in the cookie jar, if you will, is on the high pick and roll. When somebody's getting ready to go up for a shot, they leave their defender and try to do some team rebounding, and then they just pass it to the corner, and it's a wide-open three. So, uh, again, that athleticism and having the ability to close out defensively and rebound defensively is going to be vital to the Phoenix Suns. It's going to be absolutely vital. Yeah. When, when you look at the bench and how the benches have performed thus far in the playoffs, they had, the Denver Nuggets have Bruce Brown. He's played 27 minutes a game, at, and he's averaging 11.4 points per game. Old man Jeff Green is on this team. He's been averaging 22.5 minutes per game, at only 3.8 points per game, but he's just out there eating minutes. I wish we had a guy out there who's just fucking eating minutes. Uh, then you have Christian Braun, who's 12.7 minutes played, 3.4 points per game, and DeAndre Jordan is 3.5 minutes per game, 1.7 points per game. That's their, their nine-man rotation through the series with the Minnesota Timberwolves. The Phoenix Suns, much, much different. You have Josh Okoge, who's averaging 20 minutes per game off the bench, six points per game. Landry Shamit, 11 minutes per game, as is Bismack Biombo, 11 minutes per game. The difference is Busy scoring 4.6 points per game, and Shamit's averaging 1.4 points per game. And then D. Lee, 8.8 minutes per game and four points per game. So this is going to be obviously one of the biggest questions of this series. It's going to be the depth of both of these teams. Uh, you know, the, the the Clippers exposed the fact that Phoenix had lack of depth, and I don't know if it's necessarily exposing it, but it's definitely putting it on blast because Monty Williams was having a horrible time with his rotations. And their bench was running circles around the Suns. Um, Denver's bench has the second bet, best net rating in the playoffs thus far at 3.4, while Phoenix is a negative 1.1, ranks ninth, in that category, again, out of 16 teams. So the reason that De Kevin Durant and Devin Booker are number one and number two in postseason minutes is because our depth has not been able to sustain any consistent minutes. It's going to come down to Monty Williams to make sure that he has two of his core four out there at all times. But we're going to have to rely on Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton for some minutes while those other two get some rest. And we're going to have to fill it with guys who can be productive. If I see Landry Shamit in this fucking series, I swear <laughs> to God, man. I'm surprised you put him on God. your graphic, man. How hard he, was it to type that one it was, Well, it's because he's second most in bench minutes for the yeah, Suns. I, I was going through, I was looking at the nine-man rotations. I go, this is our nine-man rotation. And again, I'll bring it up for those of you who are watching along live. When you look at their bench and you look at our bench, like I have confidence on our bench. DeAndre Jordan or Bismack. I'm gonna take Bismack because he's gonna he's gonna give you defense on the interior. When you talk about Bruce Brown or Josh Akogi, you know, or Tory Craig, you know, switch based on the starting. I'm gonna take our guy. Jeff Green, old man Jeff Green. Like we yeah. have better play, like we can 
we can have Terrence Ross or TJ Warren out there to match old man Jeff Green. And then Christian Braun, who's a rookie, he's you know, he he's one of those guys you you got to kind of be afraid of because he doesn't know any better kind of thing. But if you have again Terrence Ross or even Damian Lee, just not Landry Shamit, just not Landry Shamit. Just not Landry Shamit. Quick it, not Landry Shamit. What that should be if Zane Zor was around, I would ask him to make a song called Not Landry Shamit. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. <laughs> be a difficult one to make right you just say it over and over again you already, put a you already did it. it you already did it man just put on a wig you got those wigs you can be zane zor this year zane zor I, fun fact jamsters i was zane zor all along <laughs> Look good mine have the mine, mine have the tables turned dude okay well there's a guy warming up right now they keep showing on twitter it's cameron Payne. he Bingo. looks like he's good right i mean Bingo. he's coming back the bench thing, I think it's a little overrated with the Nuggets. I'm just, all right, here's a little bit more honesty from Matthew. Right? I'm kind of being mm. humble. I think at the beginning of the pod, we said, chill out, Suns fans, you know? And then I'm like, okay, maybe I'll give Nuggets some credit. I don't think this matters at all. I think because the Nuggets haven't really played anybody on the bench this playoff series against the Wolves, just shows you, I mean, they had a three, they were three deep almost every game against the Wolves. So yeah. the Wolves, of course, are a team that's still figuring themselves out. Those guys haven't been on the court what maybe I think seven games a series are this whole season. So that's 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 their own problem, of course. But the Nuggets themselves, they don't have the depth I think that you guys think they do. I think what the Suns have are a couple guys off the bench, either Craig or Kogi, that can come in, play some really good fucking minutes, and you can put Cameron Payne if he's healthy in there, play some decent backup point guard minutes. Yes. And you got busy. Play the big. It comes down when you talk about the depth, the lack of that for both teams maybe – it's who's the best players, right? We Suns have the best players on the court. I know Jokic correct. is going to be MVP, but he's we're not. talking about playoffs right now. He, he won't win the MVP, but he's a two-time MVP and probably will come in second in MVP voting. But yeah, car- yeah. He, he but carry on, my three. wayward son. <laughs> oh, did I say this year? Yeah, he said he's going to win MVP. He should be. Well, eh, he's not going to. It's Embiid. Um, Booker is okay. So if you want to just go between the two, Booker or Jokic, who would you rather have? A lot of people would say Jokic. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, then let's just watch the series. You seen Booker in the first round? That was against everybody but Kawhi and Paul George. That was always pointed out. Oh, they weren't there. So that's why he went off. Okay. Well, let's just see how this series plays out because you guys don't have defense on book. Um, Jokic, I would take maybe a little bit over Booker just because of that debate, MVP most valuable player. But then you got KD. And then who else you got? Jamal Murray. You know what? Yeah. Aiton oh, yeah. always oh, has his oh, way yeah. against the Nuggets. If, if you're playing this game, yeah, the Suns, if you go it just, down it the roster. It doesn't look good in the Nuggets' favor. It just doesn't when you go the down the roster. we hit the seventh and eighth spot, we still have what I would call better players. What I'm hoping in the series is Monty Williams realizes that and utilizes that. Right? I mean, utilize he can't fuck it up. That. If he's doing the eight-man rotation oh, with yeah. Cameron Payne, can you fuck it up? Of course. Well, I, I if there's no hope, shaman, just pain and then a Kogi. I'm, and I'm then, all for that. I'm all for that. I'm all for that. Okay. Then eight and, guys. And, and remember 40 minutes for the big guys. Who cares? Yeah. 40 minutes. Okay. Year. I don't want them 45 minutes. Like again, it, but it might happen, man. It if might they can happen. win a series of five and do it, then you got to do it. It'd be great. It'd be great. But again, uh, just so for those of you who don't remember two years ago, Cameron Payne in the four games played against the 
Denver Nuggets in the Western Conference semifinals. He had 16.3 minutes played. He had 6.8 points. He had 2.3 assists, 2.5 rebounds, and he shot 42% from the field and 30% from beyond the arc. So not the greatest series from him. He really shined in that Western Conference finals that season. When you start to, as you mentioned, and and, and you kind of got ahead of me there, but when you start going, you know, number one, number two, number three, their big three versus our big three. You look at Jokic and what he's done in the playoffs thus far and this regular season. This regular season, you, you like that picture, huh? Peace. Peace. I'm, I'm Nikola Jokic. Play is going to play. <laughs> and the regular season, he averaged 24.5 points per game, 11.8 rebounds, and 9.8 assists per game. Thus far in the playoffs, again, number one seed against the number eight seed, but a little bit higher points per average, uh, 26.2, 12.4 rebounds, and nine assists a game. Uh, in the regular season, he shot 63.2% from the field, 38.3 from beyond the arc, and 82.2% from the free throw line. Thus far in the playoffs, uh, that field goal percentage dropped rather dramatically, 48.5, uh, 50% from beyond the arc, and 70% from the line. And obviously, when you're playing against the Minnesota Timberwolves, and they have Rudy Gobert, they have Karen Anthony Towns, they can throw a lot of bigs at you, that, that field goal percentage is going to kind of fall. Uh, offensive rating of 124.2 during the regular season and 120.9 during the postseason. Uh, and, and as you mentioned, you bring up Devin Booker, who just looks oh so sexy right there. He's just he's contemplating life. Mamma mia. 27.8 points per game in the regular season with 4.5 rebounds and 5.5 assists. That's 37.2 points per game in the, in the postseason thus far. Five rebounds per game, 6.4 assists per game. He's doing so on 60, 46, 85 splits. You know, again, and you, you already answered this question, so I'll allow myself to get take a shot at it. Which guy would you rather have? You know, again, the majority of people are going to say Jokic because of what he does in all aspects of the game, how he can post triple doubles and near triple double stats consistently. Devin Booker's playing another level right now, and he's playing so on both ends of the court. And obviously, Jokic isn't going to be guarding Booker, and Booker's not going to be guarding Jokic. It's an apples to oranges kind of comparison. But I'll take this Devin Booker every day and twice on Sunday. We're getting fucking Michael Jordan on our team right now. We're getting Kobe Bryant type performances right now. How could you not want that? It's unbelievable. Yeah. Now, when when you start to go into some of the secondary players, as you mentioned, Jamal Murray, and he again is the leading scorer. He during the regular season, he's scoring twenty points a game. He's at twenty seven point two in the playoffs. During the regular season, four rebounds per game. He's at five point six in the playoffs. During the regular season, six point two assists. He's up to six point four. The splits he's doing it on as currently are forty seven from the field, forty two from beyond the arc, and ninety one from the free throw line. Our second best player, you know who he is. He's Kevin Durant. He's averaging twenty eight point four in the playoffs, seven point six rebounds, six point. Isn't that crazy? Second best player. Second best player is twenty eight point four, seven point six rebounds, and six point two assists. The thing that, and I was having this conversation with somebody today. The thing about Kevin Durant that you don't really talk about too much is those rebounds and those assists that he does. He does everything on this court, man. He does everything on it. He's out there dishing the ball, and again. We, we know that we still haven't hit that that Kevin Durant game. But you mentioned it before, and I think we can both agree. Kevin Durant over Jamal Murray, win for the Suns, right? Yeah, absolutely. And you know what the, to count on. And in the eyes of the nation, it's advantage Nuggets with Jokic. It's debatable right now due to what Kevin, Devin Booker's done. In yeah, 
because there's a narrative that he didn't do it against um, Paul George and Kawhi, even though in the bubble yes. he did it. So you know what I mean? Like there's yes. always going to be that thing against book. He'll never get to the way, get to the actual, he he has a higher ceiling now as Suns fans can see a much mm-hmm. higher ceiling. We don't even know. I feel like this is kind of the tip of the playoffs. You just don't know how good it's going to get against the defense when it gets a little bit better out there. It's going to be a little bit crazier for book those shots, those shot attempts and the more aggressive play on defense. Um, but I think if you're going national wise, it's going to be Jokic for sure. Of course. We're of course going to choose Booker. Um, but also I think the KD, like the assist factor, like who's going to be setting who up, you know what I mean? KD yes. Booker and Chris Paul over Murray and Jokic, you know, th- that trifecta running your offense over Jokic and Murray. Right. Yeah. I mean, I would choose those three. Yeah. Yeah. So that's well, what, what about MPJ? He's kind of, you know, when you talk about X factors, I feel like, MPJ is going to be a big X factor for the Denver Nuggets. Yeah. Thus far, it's 16.4 points per game, 8.2 rebounds, and that's big. During the regular season, he averaged 5.5 rebounds. He's crashing the glass. And due to his length and his size, he's going to be something who could potentially swing some possessions for this Denver team, and that's what's concerning to me. 1.2 assists, no big deal. 49.2% from the field. 42.4 from beyond the arc. 66.7 from the free throw line. And then our our last guy's DA, man. 16 points per game, 11.2 point rebounds per game, less than assists per game, 53% from the field, 0% from beyond the arc because he hasn't taken one, and 55% from the line. Ugh, DA, hit your fucking free throws. What's There's... interesting about him is he's the 13, or he's the 113.2 guy. His offensive rating during the regular season was 113.2, as was his defensive rating, which is also his defensive rating currently in the playoffs. So obviously it's time to have that conversation. The DeAndre Ayton versus Nikola Jokic conversation. A big aspect of this postseason series will be just that. Will be DeAndre Ayton and Nikola Jokic. Do you know what their records are against each other in the uh, in, er, throughout their entire career? And in fact, I might as well because I'm asking a question. You know what time it is. Trivia time. Played against each other 14 times in their career. Oh, I was going to say, is it seven and seven? It's seven and seven. Yeah, I was going to say that before you said 14. Wow, is that fucking wow. weird? That's even I'm pretty gay. Jancers is the most useless knowledge out there. Yes, <laughs> you have been killing. You've been crushing. That is weird. I don't crushing. know. Crushing. We're all connected. Trivia in time. But here's what's interesting. In the regular season, DeAndre Ayton is three and seven against Nikolai Jokic. In the postseason, he's four and oh. Obviously, those four coming two years ago. If you look at how they play against each other, DeAndre Ayton, when he plays against Nikolai Jokic, averages 18.9 points per game, 11.6 rebounds per game, uh, 0.9 assists, one steal, and 0.8 blocks, whereas Nikolai Jokic averages 26.9, 11.9, 7.2 assists, 1.5 steals, 0.9 blocks. What I notice when I look at those numbers is the assists are a little bit down. You're not going to stop Nikolai Jokic, period. DeAndre Ayton's not going to stop him. We're going we're gonna to watch games in this series well, we're going to go, damn, DeAndre Ayton had a good game today. He played Nikola Jokic correctly, and Jokic will have 30 and 15. It's going to happen. But that's still stopping him, right? But it, it depends on what happens around him. How did he stop him? Did he fluster him? Did he fluster him into some bad passes? Was it a game in which he had four turnovers? Was it a game in which he got that 30 points, but he did so by shooting the ball 27 times to do it? That's what's going to be how it is going to be a key to this series. What are your thoughts on DA versus Jokic in this series? The one thing I'm really excited to watch with him um, 
is just the pace he can play at against Jokic, right? Jokic is kind of, you know, a little bit slower than DA. So DA has to take advantage of that, beat him up and down the court. Um, That's going to be something that's going to take a lot of out of DA, you know, just make sure that every possession counts to where you can beat this guy. Once the ball's rebounded, go, 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 go. As soon as you get the ball, pass it up to Chris Paul, pass it up to Booker and beat him down the court. That's what he's done in the past, right? Beat him back down the court, get good positioning. That's all you need on him. You're saying like 30 and 15, it's going to happen, right? I mean, it's mm-hmm. just like KD. We watch KD and we're like, it's not KD yet, but he's putting up 30, 30 and 12 or 30 and I 11. Know. Crazy. But it's not KD yet. We'll watch these games and we'll be like, you know what? DA did a good job because he can be more physical with this guy. He can make it difficult. It can be like we can be up six to seven with like maybe like a minute left in the game. And you just know that he's going to get the big board. He's going to out hustle. Jokic for that for the opportunity he's gonna do that and I can I can count on him to do that I feel like in the series and that's outplaying him that's just Mm -hmm. being better than Jokic in those moments the stats are gonna be there for Jokic but I'm just saying DA if he can turn it up which are gonna have to keep talking to him the whole game if he can turn it up he can have his way in moments of where he can be and he's already my x factor in the series just to to win the series yeah I know I'm sorry. It was getting late, so I don't know if we missed it or we're going to no, do it No, you're next, fine. So. You're fine. Yeah, it's coming up, man. We got we got all night, baby. We're going to talk all night about this series. You know what I'm saying? First game Saturday. Uh, a couple things that I want to give a shout-out in the chat. Again, thank you for those of you who are watching live. But Joel Ramirez gave us $5 in the Super Chat. Says we definitely matured as fans. That being said, sons and five, sons and five. Look at my money. He's got a bunch of money emojis. <laughs> we're so mature, <laughs> Army. That's a great. That's absolutely great. Uh, Ted Lubin. I like what Ted says here. Says the Suns Nugget matchup reminds me of Nash Suns versus Duncan Spurs. Denver relies on Jokic too much, like the Suns used to on Nash. That doomed us and will doom the Nuggets now. I can see that. I can see that point of view. And I know that they're going to run a lot through Jokic. And to your point, Matthew, with DeAndre Ayton sheerly using hustle to his advantage, athleticism to his advantage, running up and down the court to his advantage. Because guess what? Rudy Gobert, you're not going to get that. He's a he's a lumbering, you know, he's a lumberjack. He's like from Northern Arizona University. He's just lumbering down the court and whatnot. Whereas DA can utilize his athleticism and speed simply to to tire Jokic out at at times in this game. We've seen it happen in the past. We're going to see it happen in this series, and that's an advantage that we can hopefully utilize to negate some of his effectiveness because he's ultimately going to be effective and you just have to understand and appreciate that uh l colonel says denver is too proud to let booker beat them they will double book more than kd and both of these comments bring up you know kind of a, a thought process of mine when when i when i start here and i talk about or we talk about book being doubled it will happen Cadavis caldwell pope jamal murray They'll send MPJ for some length. They're going to do anything they can to fluster Devin Booker, take him out of his game. That's going to open up other aspects of this offense. That's going to open up Chris Paul for spot-up catch-and-shoot threes, which when he knocks him down, good luck stopping the Suns. Kevin Durant's going to have MPJ on him, Aaron Gordon on him. While these guys are bigger and taller, they're also guys he can get around with much more ease, and they're not smaller like I mentioned the last series, a, bit, a lot of the Clippers were getting underneath Kevin Durant like Draymond Green does and bothering him and not letting him get that first step. These guys have to play a step back because of the, their lack of quickness. They have to play a step back so they can try to recover with their lateral quickness. And if that's the case, Devin, Kevin Durant, no one creates better space than Kevin Durant, whether he's going to the rim or he's, he, he's taking a pull-up. Now, go go ahead. No, I was going to say, no, that's a good, I, that's a good thing you pointed out there because – 
if they're there's if they're going to be in a position where they're kind of taken out of just the play in a way where they're just a foot back just because they can't keep up with Katie and book that's because like they're scared of them driving and then when that happens when they don't know what to do in those situations it might lead to some fouls this last game or this last series with KD like him getting to the line it just seemed like a difficult task the clippers were all over him most of the most of the series and, and a the lot officials, of calls weren't being made yeah the officials they were letting allowed that happen. them but this defense with the Nuggets, to me, are a little bit more clumsy in a way where they're going to have to make up some ground. And when they're doing that, it's going to lead to some fouls. That's why I think the pace plays such a big thing, big factor in the series to where Booker, even if the doubles come, that's fine. I, I, who's going to guard these guys one-on-one? Like you said, you mentioned the names. It's not going to really happen. Even if it does, they can cook them, get to their spots, and do what they want to do. But when the doubles come, pass it out. Any kind of Nuggets defender coming over to try to help, there's going to be fouls. I think this is like the one series where the Suns can get to the line a lot and they can actually slow down the pace even more and just work their way into bigger leads because they can get to the line and just make it more difficult on the Nuggets defense. Well, look at what happened to the Suns in this last series because of the attack mode that the Clippers were in. They were the ones who were constantly on their heels and they were the ones who were allowing them to get to the rim at will because they were afraid of the fact that the Clippers were, were quicker than them. The all right, so here's here's another trivia question for you. I won't play the drop. The Suns and the Nuggets are right next to each other in pace of play in the NBA. Where do they rank in the NBA when it comes to pace of play? Oh, it's um, I don't know. Is it like twenty two or something, or twenty eight or something crazy? It's the Suns are twenty second. Motherfucker, okay. you're good. <laughs> and the and the Nuggets are twenty third. So okay, these are teams that that play at the same pace. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if the Suns, at times, especially given who out who is out on the court, will kind of turn the gas on or, or turn the gas off. The other thing I was going to talk about, especially when it comes to DeAndre Ayton, is something I've mentioned. I believe I mentioned on the last podcast, and it's something I've definitely been talking about with anybody who will listen to me on the street, which is very awkward. Again, we're sitting there in the bar tonight. We're at Marley's. We're watching the NFL draft. I'm sitting there like talking basketball to people, and people are like, I don't give a fuck, dude. They're, they're taking Paris Campbell or whatever the guy's name is. I, yeah, who cares about football right now? Yeah, I got to pay for the pod, two, man. I'm like, two, <laughs> I don't give two shits. But DeAndre Ayton plays well against finesse centers, and Jokic is a finesse center. Yes. And if we look at the remainder of the playoffs, outside of Joel Embiid, who's still out there, it's a bunch of finesse centers. It so. Is. So this is this is going to be something that plays in advantage of the Phoenix Suns and of DeAndre Ayton. So now I will ask you the question, Matthew: Who is the X factor in this series if the Suns are to win it, and uh, if they lose, who who didn't perform their job as the X factor? Um. So I did I did say Da is going to be the X factor. Um. I'm not going to say if he doesn't perform, we lose because of that. I think if I switch it around to where I originally thought it was going to be KD as our X factor, because the first round I said Booker has to play ridiculous. Yes. He played ridiculous. Now I'm saying KD does, but it's like, what else do you want? Look at the stats. You just know those runs that KD go on where he can just be streaky and put the suns up by 12 or 15 points. And it's over. Like he can do that. He hasn't really done that yet. He's had a few shots here or there that go in consecutively, but it's never been killer yet. Mm -hmm. He can be the killer. So I'm going to kind of switch it a little bit and go that way. If KD is not that guy, then Booker doesn't have help. And I think that the series can get out of control where Jokic is just controlling so much on the other end where the Suns cannot keep up. That's why KD has to go to the next level. He has to be prepared for this team. And just a way of like, I know what to do when the double comes. Of course he knows what to do, right? 
But the only thing is, is just get his shots to go in. I think he had good looks against the Clippers, but they were just so physical on him that the release and stuff was just really awkward and just hard to watch. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's going to be easier, smoother shots going up for KD to where he's he's killing it. And you know Book, man. Book's just not going to miss. If KD can just be that guy too, then it's over. If he's not, we don't win the series. My X Factor? Who the heck are you? Yeah, I'm Kevin Durant. Y'all know who I am. Did anybody see a sniper? Did anybody see anything? I'm one of the best players to ever play the game. I mean, he's one of the best players to ever play the game. And he's going to have opportunity. I really think that the matchups that we get in this series are going to be beneficial to Kevin Durant. I mentioned it before. I'll say it again. The, The Clippers pestered him. That was their game plan. Let's pester him. Let's annoy him. Let's push him off his spots. Let's make it difficult for him to get open. And he still went for 28 points a game. We might see it flip. Last time these two teams played together or together against each other in the postseason, Chris Paul was the leading scorer on the team. Devin Booker had, you know, I think he had like uh, Chris Paul, like 25.6. Devin Booker had 25.3. Devin Booker will not be the leading scorer in this series. Devin Booker is going to be great. But Kevin Durant is going to be what carries this team past this, past them. Now, that being said, I know that you listened to the DNVR podcast uh, mm-hmm. and you heard some of their thoughts. From a Nuggets point of view, what were they thinking about this series? What were they saying? Enlighten us. Well, I mean, it's kind of weird to listen to them because they're a little bit too optimistic, right? Just like us. They're just, they know that they're going to win. Um, they basically just broke it down saying the rebounding is going to be a big thing, that they can out rebound the Suns, they can out hustle them. They think MPJ and they think that Aaron Gordon can be that guy that can just power their way down into the post and grab those big boards when it's needed. This is true. This is why I pointed that out earlier. If we can actually keep up with them mm-hmm. on our end, then it might be an okay series for the Suns rebounding wise. They also brought up too, you know, Chris Paul not really being a non factor as much, but also just wanting this and they did talk about how the nuggets were just going into this series where they're, they're at practice they're they're like the gerald borgay right they're yeah. they're on the sideline watching them practice they said it's fun it's a fun atmosphere they said this is a team that doesn't look like they have anything on their shoulders that it's not a must win right that's why i said earlier it's like they're gonna act like it's not big but it is deep down inside i think this nuggets team organization fan base really think they have the series they think they're overlooked and of course they are for sure they are they are they are for sure but they just think they have the upper edge because they have Jokic, and then they have the jamal murray back in the healthy team yeah aaron gordon is one guy we haven't talked about much akin like cp3 like those are the the fourth of each of the uh, uh core fours of the teams if you will and aaron gordon will have an effect on this game and this series and he is somebody who plays physical and he's somebody who, who goes for the highlight dunks and he's going to try to make his impact. And, you know, when you look at the season series between these two teams, you have to remember the, the Nuggets beat us on Christmas Day, 128 to 125 in overtime. That's when Devin Booker got hurt. Then they beat the shit out of us by 29 points, 126 to 97 on January 11th. And that was the game, if you remember, in which Aaron Gordon had that dunk over Shamit that was like an absolute posterizer where it was called a charge and they reviewed it for no reason. Like, Denver's out of challenges and they still challenge or they still got a challenge somewhere. And then the Suns beat them 193 on March 31st. And then April 6th, we beat them 119 to 115. Now, if I remember correctly, I don't even know if Jokic played in either one of those games. 
So it's a season series that was split. We don't really know who this Nuggets team is versus the Kevin Durant slash Devin Booker version of it. And it's a team you can't you can't overlook. They do have depth. They do have talent. There's a reason they're the number one team in the NBA and in the Western Conference and did so by taking their foot off the gas pedal strategically and still uh, found a way to cruise into the playoffs feeling good about themselves. And as you mentioned, filling at ease with who they are, what they offer, and how they can execute the game of basketball. It's a fundamental – I'll go back to where yeah. I started. The thing that scares me about this team is they're a fundamentally ba- sound basketball team. They have Nikola Jokic who can pick you apart. you got Aaron Gordon who can rebound, and then you got shooters around him and Jamal Murray who can run the point and MPJ who can shoot and hit some mid-range things. They're not going to be an easy out. There's, you know, If that Suns and Four guy shows up, just fucking strap a firecracker to his <laughs> yeah. dick and light it and just bam. Well, that's, that's the one thing that DNVR was talking about. The chemistry thing is big that on their side. They think that's a real thing, and it, it is. But if you're talking about like this isn't like Michael Jordan beating the Pistons finally or anything like that, right? I mean no, that no, was no, years. No. This is nothing like that. Yeah. I think the way the NBA is now, you go into a playoff series, you go into the playoffs with the roster you have, chemistry, yes. I don't think it matters as much. You've seen teams like even the Hawks against the Celtics pushing it to game six. You know what I mean? That team was fucking a clusterfuck and they still yeah. want, you know what I mean? It's all about the attitude of these teams. I think it just has to do with the confidence of these guys being like, we're gonna fucking win. And that's all it comes down to for me. And I think when you have Booker and KD on the team saying, we're going to fucking win, you have Chris Paul, who's like, I don't care, I'll play 45 minutes, we're going to win. They have that attitude, they're going to win. If the Nuggets get inside their own head and they think like, damn, dude, we might lose this series again to the Suns team, if that starts to creep in, that's going to be very dangerous. And that's where I just think the Suns have the advantage. I don't care about the chemistry, I really don't. You just put these guys on the court, and if I'm looking at one side, I'm like, I'm going to take Katie and Booker over anybody else really in these playoffs. No, right? I get it. I, trust me, I get it. And and it's understandable that they're confident, and they should be. But I'll tell you this. If you ask any Nuggets fan which side of the bracket they were on, they didn't want to be on the one where Dev Booker and Kevin Durant were coming to town, I'll tell you that. So, no one did, except with for the Clippers. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no shit, right? Uh, if you look at DraftKings, entering this series, the Suns are favored. They're minus 140. To win the series, whereas the Denver Nuggets are plus 120 to win the series. So even though the confidence is there, the money's not so far. So I'll ask you this, Matthew. Final question. Prediction for this series. Are you saying Suns and Seven, I assume? I am Suns and Seven. Home court doesn't matter. I'm saying Suns and Six. I think uh, we we take either game one or game two. We win a couple here in Phoenix and we win that game six and just call it a series and get ready for the next one. At least I hope. Yeah. I think it's going to be one of those where it's going to be just neck and neck. It's going to be neck and neck, you know, one game, one game, one game, one game. I don't think it's going to be anybody takes a two game lead in this series. What I will say in this series of the four series that will remain, obviously not all of them have been decided yet. We still have to figure out if it's going to be the Lakers and the Warriors, or if it's Memphis and Warriors and Memphis and the Kings or the Kings and the, and, you know, but on the other side, the Celtics are going to be playing uh, the Philadelphia 76ers. You have the Knicks playing the Heat. I think of the four series that remain, this will be the least talked about one. This is going to be the under the radar yeah, one. Yeah, you think so? Oh, yeah, I did say I, that yeah. at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm okay with that too. So I'll say this not only to myself, but primarily to myself, but also to all you champsters who are watching. Remember one thing about the playoffs. And I, I I tell myself this all the fucking time and I still can't get over it. Just remember every time you lose, 
it's not that you can never win again. And every time you win, it's not that you can ever lose again because it feels like that. This series, the first game is on Saturday. I, uh, what time did we say it is? 5.30 like p.m. on yeah. Saturday night. Game two is Monday. Game three is Friday. However the Suns are feeling after games one and game two, they're going to have three consecutive days off before they play. It's going to feel like an eternity, and it's going to feel like if we go up 2 nothing, if we're down 0-2, it's going to feel like we're going to get swept. And we just have to, like, navigate our lives through that bullshit fucking playoff basketball. Yeah, we do. I think what we expect, too, is I don't know in this series, really, like, clean wins, you know what I mean? But you just realize it's the playoffs. It's going to be nasty. And even if the Suns go down 0-2, not going to promise anything on the pods after. I'm going to be a complete wreck. But deep down inside, I know now if we're 0 2, it's still not going to be over. I just think that it might take some more time for the Suns group to gel. There's, there's to, the word. I'm going to have to snip that. Gel? <laughs> no. You just saying those words. And then when, you, when you're losing your shit after a game, I'll just I play know. that little drop and you'll be like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> Anything else you want to talk about on this edition of the Suns Jam Session Go podcast? Bucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No yeah, shit, man. Yeah. That's crazy. Jay Crowder, right? man. Yeah, I mean, you brought it up. It's like when you lose, you think you're never going to win. But that team was so close to getting rid of Boldenhoser. And now it's like, <laughs> oh, yeah. now it's talks again. You win a championship and all of a sudden you're back on the block. Yeah, the, the Heat, you know, winning that series uh, is – is it's beautiful. It's great. It's you, awesome. You knew that in this playoff run, due to the way that the teams were, there was no truly dominating team this season. The Bucks were the closest thing to a dominating team this entire season, and they lose yeah. in the first round. I'm expecting like, – if the Lakers play the Warriors, that means both of this, you know, the two and the three seed go down. That's insane shit, but it's acceptable in the Western Conference because it was so topsy-turvy. The difference between the the Kings and the Warriors is, was like a, two games. You know, the, the Suns and the the Nuggets, like I mentioned at the top, was it's like eight games. That's pretty mm-hmm. dramatic, but like to see the one seed lose to the eight seed, and then you have obviously the the Jay Crowder comments, the... Just all of did that. Did he say anything after or just comments? Of course, from of course. He did something in all caps somewhere. I don't know. Did you see what Giannis said after the game? Yeah, the whole thing. Michael Jordan yeah. didn't win nine it, He's talking about what He was talking about what failures. Yeah, John Nelson says it in the chat. He goes, Giannis and failure. What he said about failure, just it's like, fuck, man. Why do, why do we have to lose to such a great player? <laughs> like Giannis, he, he nailed it. He's like, dude. Not you, you don't well, fail. Everything, all the time. Everything's a failure unless you win. And then, even if you win, you're expected to win again. Yeah, like, even so the, it's 63, not a failure. the 63 win season from the Suns two years ago, or I'm sorry, last year, it seems like 60, forever ago. 64. 64, excuse me. 63 to beat the record. 64 wins. It's like everyone just didn't give a fuck because we didn't win anything. You know what I mean? But yeah. great fucking moments from that. That was like the best year to watch. It was, an, of course, it was the best year to watch, but that team will never forget. But then, yes, we did. We forgot was, because no one cares anymore about them. Yeah, nobody cares. Nobody it ever, sucks. It, 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 but it was doesn't fu- it suck, though? Yeah, of course. But it's that's fucking just the way bummer. It is. I know, but that, that's fucking insane. Fucking, I hate taxes. I still got to pay them. I get it. It's all bullshit. It's all bullshit. And on that note, Jamsters, we're going to go ahead and we're going to skedaddle out of here. We're going to see you live on Saturday after game one of the Western Conference semifinals. Should be about eh, 8 o'clock Arizona time. So make sure you tune in at that time. Uh, if you're listening, take some time out of your Saturday night. Come hang out with the jam session. Watch along live. Hit that thumbs up button if you're watching this at any point, live or otherwise. 
And again, if you're listening, give us a five-star review. We truly appreciate it. Uh, until then, we'll see you come Saturday night. Saturday, Saturday, Saturday. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go home with your family. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.